0: Hello, I'm Susan Dunlop. Welcome to episode 44 of Coffee and Contemplation with Susan. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you've been listening in already, welcome back. I started the podcast in 2020 with the thought of having women of each decade of life share their story for their own benefit and also for those who are listening To me, storytelling was such a big part of previous generations' lives that has disappeared. The podcast has evolved. It's been about women contemplating what's led them to where they are right now in their journey, showing their human side, the darkness or challenges they experienced, and the light that came from those experiences, their vulnerabilities, their successes, giving insights, hope, and a smile to the listeners listening into the podcast. The guest list has also opened its doors as it's evolved along the journey to add some short personal learning episodes that I've included and to invite in women who have turned their life's challenges and lessons learned into published books, today's guest being one of them. Janine Rashidi is a quadragenarian in terms of decades of life, a woman in her 40s, and she's from California, USA. I first met Janine in Kerala, India in 2017. On a mutual journey to the roots of Ayurveda adventure. Janine's childhood creativity, imagination, play, and career desires came as a way for her to cope in a family that was dark with addiction and abuse. And it inspired her and gave her strength to step out of that darkness. Janine ran away at 15 to marry and have two daughters before leaving that abusive marriage janine sought counseling to heal and find a life for herself and the two daughters and to live a life that's now full of joy as well as challenges but joy as but much as she can so janine is this year is a young at heart 44 year old grandmama mother of two biological and two bonus children and a wife janine has worked now for the past 20 years with women and children Her health and wellness business, Goodbye Tension, is designed to help women understand their tension physically, mentally, emotionally, and digestively. She's also studying a doctorate in Ayurveda medicine and teaches the basics of the ancient Sanskrit language at Kerala Ayurveda Academy in the US. Welcome, Janine. Thank you, Susan. It is an honor to be back here on your show. Oh, I'm so pleased that you could come back. You know, there's two years since our first recording And I think I was in that space of Australia hadn't had any type of lockdown yet. And our first episode in March 2020, you'd just gone into the first stay home orders I'd ever heard about. That's true. Yeah. And it was quite a shock. Yeah. So we've come a long way since then. And as I said, I know you have published a book. So your book is Abundance Beyond Trauma. You've learned how to self-publish. You've also become a grandmama to a few more babies. Three more. So now there's four. Ah. And are you still completing your studies in Ayurveda?
1: Or is that finished? Uh, I should be finished this year and will be a doctor of Ayurveda.
0: Gosh, that's been a long journey. if I met you in 2017?
1: That's true. Uh, and in 2017, I was a practitioner and I was waiting for the doctorate program to uh, come about at Kerala Ayurveda Academy. So I'm one of uh, 20 students who are the first 20 students in the United States to be a part of this doctorate program. Are you going to be needing to go and do an internship? Yeah, there'll be an internship. uh, If everything goes planned, Uh, I will be there in July this year. And how long does that last for? Uh, That'll just be two weeks. It'll be two very intense weeks. That's the requirement. And I might stay a little bit longer, maybe do some Panchakarma. We'll see.
0: What we'll do, we won't go and go down to that little rabbit hole of Ayurveda, because even though I love it, but what I would like to just talk to you about is knowing you've done all of those things, and the book is the main thing I wanted to speak to you about today, and um, even, I suppose, the writing journey that you went on in that space. How do you sum up the past two years of your life, if you could sum it up for me?
1: Well, in our last uh, podcast, you know, we had just gone into lockdown, And I believe I spoke about my grandmother, who was a great storyteller. Well, unfortunately, uh, we lost her to COVID uh, very early on, a few months after the podcast. And um, that took me into a very uh, deep mourning. And it took me about 21 days of allowing myself to really go deep into that mourning and come out as like a rebirth. And it was very um what's the word? There was something quite magical about it because as I am having this morning experience which happened around June time. It was as if my grandmother handed me the torch because in July then I had two granddaughters that were born one to each of my daughters and they were born 5 hours apart from each other. So it ran the full gamut of Deep mourning to deep celebration of new life. And it really had me in a state of contemplation around the circle of life, future generations, how quickly time passes. And I feel like, you know, many of us can relate with that with COVID, you know, if anybody lost anyone. So the last two years has really been a beautiful deepening, not only with the relationship I have with myself and really coming into alignment with my purpose. But also realizing the importance of other relationships as well, and um, my position in people's lives, how I affect others. Uh, it's a reminder of how precious life is, especially when the new arrivals came, mm. uh, and then you know the the third granddaughter came uh, just uh, a month ago on Valentine's Day this year. Um, it also created a sense of urgency to keep healing myself. Uh, again, for my own strength and, um, resiliency to just keep wanting to be a, a, a better human being, as well as to leave a legacy for my children and my children's children by showing them how to break those dysfunctional cycles, which is in essence, what my book is about. Uh, and then of course, new possibilities. So my practice evolved, um, more with more online, obviously, because of COVID. Mm. Uh, Even though my original specialty was women and children, I actually opened it up. uh, So now everyone, um, you know, can come whether you're male or female, however you identify, you know, children or whatnot. And I felt that was really important, especially when families are healing, you know, there needs to be an inclusion of everyone. Uh, So I was able to expand my practice out into the world as well with the book. So I now have clients all over the world working on heart and mind integration, helping people uh, reconnect with the disconnected aspects of themselves, which is what happens in trauma where there's a disconnect that can happen, and then showing people how to heal that, and then using the principles of Ayurveda and uh, other modalities that i'm certified in to help bring about the healing.
0: So two years you've as you said you you deepened your your relationships and that it's almost like a quietening was needed in the world. Yeah, you know, i'm i'm sad to hear that you lost your grandma like you know i know she was the the lead storyteller in the yeah. family. So you you've expanded out internationally with your client base from the book.
1: That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's been quite a blessing. I have met some really interesting people. Um, it's been just, just fabulous. Mm. And I've
0: seen your book. So it's Abundance Beyond Trauma, and it sits beside Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart as a recommended read on Amazon. How do you feel about that?
1: That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, at various times, I'll see it next to Brene's book, uh, Oprah's book, and. Um, Oh, The Body Keeps Score is another book that's pretty popular for trauma. You know, I honestly, when I published this book, there were so many feelings that came. I had no idea it would be where it is today. And I'm continually just humbled by the exposure, um, the messages that I get from people who have read the book uh, how much it has helped them or spouses who have, you know, reached out, hey, this really helped me with my wife or my husband uh, or with my children, you know, so that's it's been quite a blessing.
0: Your book has been delivered. Listening to what you said then with Oprah, I've read part of her book. I haven't actually made it very far into her book. It wasn't the right time for me to pick that one up. But it was your book was such a kind and carefully delivered story, even though for what it actually describes enough, like we get a, a picture of it enough, what you went through. What was it in your journey that you experienced that made you just go, it's time I have to do something now to make a change for me?
1: Mm. There was a moment where I came home from work. Uh, I was still in my first marriage and I was the sole provider because he was uh, heavy in his addiction and i started to notice signs that uh, were all too familiar to me that my daughters had now been um, victims of a similar abuse that i had gone through and i immediately quit my job because i didn't want to leave the, you know him alone with them and that's when i started planning something has to change because when i ran away from home at 15 the whole purpose was to start a new life, something different, get away from that. And what ended up happening was I ended up with the same type of person. And then the same thing happened, and all I could think of was I don't want my children to now have to deal with this with their children. So it led me on this, you know, journey of self-discovery. Why did this happen? Because my intention was was, you know, a great intention, but yeah when you suffer from trauma, if you don't heal, all of that unconscious and subconscious material that's sitting there, all those wounds are just sitting there asking for a perpetrator. If you have this victim mentality, you're naturally going to attract a perpetrator. That's just how it works and vice versa. Mm. So I was looking for, you know, that knight in shining armor, the father figure or the healthy mother, you know, whatever was going to make me feel whole and ended up in the same situation. But this is why healing is so important because if you don't look at the reason why you make the choices you make, you attract certain people into your life, those cycles cannot break. You need courage, courage to turn around and look at yourself, you know. Yeah. And so I had to, I turned around and looked at myself and went, my goodness, how did this happen? This cannot happen again. And that uh, that was the moment.
0: It just gives you goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. So you got out of there and then you started doing the work for yourself. Yes. Yeah. And it's taken, so how long, when, when was that? That was for about 20 years ago,
1: maybe? That was about, yeah. Everything happened ago. about 20 years ago.
0: Gosh, yeah. okay. All right. And by doing that, You've managed to actually now do the healing for yourself. Um, So you put yourself first in the healing space. Have you had to do anything with your daughters in terms of the healing or are they doing it for themselves? Oh,
1: no, we definitely have. You know, we've, I mean, every mother-daughter relationship will have its ups and downs, uh, but we have a really nice open communication. So if something comes up, we look at it. And we hmm. look at how can we heal it. If we need outside help, we will do that because I can't always be the facilitator for obvious reasons. They're going to have their feelings about me. Yes, uh, you know things like that. So it also you know needs to stay you know within a healthy realm of of healing. Uh, but they're they're very open to you know, all of that, which is nice. Yeah,
0: it's, I'm so glad you've got your lovely little family unit that you do have. So in writing your book, though, you put yourself basically out like a frog on a pinboard, um, you know, and you were yeah. basically putting your story, as I said, as gently as you shared it out there. How did you feel? Did you ever get in the way of yourself in taking it to publishing?
1: Oh, every day it felt like. <laughs> um I would go back read and reread chapters thinking is that the right thing am i saying too much will people understand my uh, intention was to help others and not throw people under the bus so i wanted to make sure that when i wrote this there is still a feeling of love and compassion for my family Mm. even though i'm not in relationship with them And it was important that I write it in such a way that if they were to ever read it, hopefully, they might see that. And if not, that's okay, too. But it also has to do with being a person of character. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to play a victim role. So I'm not going to sit here and go, well, you did this, you did that. Here's what happened. Here's how it affected me. And here's, you know how to change it and that's really the message you know if we can step out of that victim mentality and take some ownership for ourselves it doesn't excuse any of the behavior mm. from the other person but it's much more empowering yes you know
0: the idea of having to put yourself through the process of writing it that, that would obviously have brought some of the the traumas back up again for you
1: there were yeah. times where i was crying and either writing or uh, most of my book was actually spoken. And then I went in and edited it. Uh, There was some block around either writing or typing, but I found that if I could just audio record, things just, you know, came out as a really nice flow. Uh, So I was doing a lot of emotional processing while, you know, quote unquote, writing this book. And then when it came time to publish... Uh, What's what is that? Where you um, was it imposter syndrome? Maybe I think that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Yeah. I kept thinking, well, who am I to write this? You know, I really there was this uh, maybe it's more self sabotaging. I was not feeling like I was in a confident place to put this out in the world, and so I had a few friends uh, read the book before I you know sent it to the editor, and they all encouraged me, Janine, you got to get this out there. You really need to get it out there, and so. It was more the help of my friends supporting me in that that helped push me forward because I believe on my own, I would have kept finding all the reasons why it's probably not good enough to put out there. Yeah.
0: I could see that you had a pretty amazing launch team. So you did actually gather a lot of amazing souls around you to yeah. push you over this, the, the start line. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: And once you commit, you know, and then, then you're kind of on the spot, you know, mm. and I do better if I've got, you know, people who know who, who can hold me accountable.
0: It's a little bit of a matter of readiness, isn't it, to do this work, don't you think?
1: It's definitely a matter of readiness. And you never want to push. Um, The way I work with clients, especially when it comes to doing heart and mind integration and getting to that, that core moment that has defined them and created this disturbance within them, I find it's best to ask questions that allow the client To start thinking for themselves whether or not that's something they want to do. Uh, I don't feel pushing is the right method because people on their own, once they're ready, they will. But by the time people come to me, they're ready. The most recent, she had read the book and she said, I feel like I could have written a very similar book. I feel like our stories are very similar. And you know how sad that we had similar stories and how cool that she could relate in such a way that she just knew she reached out through one of the social media outlets and she said i know i want to work with you i hope you have space
0: mm. wow you know? i can't imagine how far your book is going to actually
1: impact the world i'm sure it's going to go far and wide um so how did launch day feel so i actually had two launch days my first launch day which had the original cover on it I thought I was going to uh, lose my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> because once you hit publish, that's it. It's out there. And sure you could unpublish, but who would who wants to do that? I mean, you know, work so hard. But then you're you're watching the Amazon analytics trying to figure out has anybody bought it? What are people thinking? And you're just in this weird place of waiting and watching. You know, are people purchasing? Is anyone leaving a review? Uh, what are people thinking? And then all of my insecurities were coming up. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. You know, things like that. The second launch happened back in uh, November of last year. And the reason why a second launch happened was I was getting feedback that while the cover was beautiful, mm. when it comes to Amazon in the world of scrolling, it was way too busy people could not see that it was a book about trauma. Now, if it was in a bookstore, which the book is now in bookstores, and you had time to stop and look at the cover, there would have been more of an understanding of the deeper meaning behind it. Uh, so I had, you know, some professionals give me some advice and they said, we really need to change your cover. I think the book will be more successful that way. And so that's what I did. We changed the cover. We did a new relaunch and that relaunch is actually what um, brought the book uh, about a month later or, or a couple of weeks later to bestseller status. Oh,
0: okay. All right. Yeah. I, mean, I loved your front cover um, and yeah, I, yeah. I picked the deeper meaning that you were sharing in you know, it when you first showed it to me. But as you said, yeah, everything's gone online. So they're only seeing little tiny thumbnails, aren't they? And so the difference with your book is it's not just a memoir. It's a memoir that you delivered a process that you created from your experience. Yes. Um, So adhere is it E-D-H-I-R?
1: Correct. Hmm. So if you look up the definition of adhere in the dictionary in parentheses when it tells you how to pronounce it. And I didn't know this when the name came to me, it's E-D-H-I-R. So in the last two years since we spoke, the process birthed the name. And I woke up at like 3 a.m. and I just knew, I was like, that's it, I've got it. And it was an acronym for the steps involved on how to heal trauma. So E is for explore, D is for discover, H is for heal, I is for integrate, and R is for relate. So it's a five-step process on how to heal whatever's going on, whether it's trauma, adverse life experiences. And then I decided because I want to take this process out into the world and show people how to do it, create a certification for it, I had it registered, trademarked. And um, that certificate actually just came in the mail a couple weeks ago.
0: Oh, congratulations. Part of the the first launch of the book, when I first came across it, you hadn't put the pocketbook together yet. There's a pocket guide that came about. Actually,
1: no, the pocket guide is is in the back of the book. Um, It was the workbook that hadn't come out yet. Yeah. So the workbook um, officially came out around the same time as the second um, launch. Okay. And it's 104 pages, nice 8.5 by 11 size if, you know, you want to do the paperback. Or if you purchase the book, you actually get a free downloadable workbook. And that includes the I'm Triggered Pocket Guide, lots of worksheets on how to go through the process, um, and then extra worksheets in the back. Okay. And then the adhere process.
0: So what's the feedback been like from the people that have been through the workbook?
1: The feedback's actually really great. So I have been, the youngest client that's using the actual workbook is 12. Oh my gosh. The eldest I think is, I wanna say 78. I think that's correct. Um, and so what's what's pretty awesome about that is that it's, it's helping such a wide age range. And then for my younger clients, cause my youngest client is uh, eight, I've developed something that's more age appropriate uh, for that yeah okay so again the 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 story out
0: of your body was enough for you even like that's massive to get that story out of your body so just we'll go into that space so what's what's the changes for you as a woman from having actually got that story out of your body obviously you didn't write it interestingly at first you audioed it but then you know it is actually literally on paper now
1: You know, it's fascinating because there are still areas in my life where I'm, you know, working on healing. And when I created the audio book, I started, you know, I had to listen to it so many times. And each time I heard it, I, I thought to myself, wow, that sounds really good. And it didn't occur to me when I had that thought, I'm the one who wrote that, which tells me this book is actually healing me each time. It's a bonus that it's, it's working for everybody else. So I still will go back and get bits and pieces. And that's why I feel like something beyond me came through to write this book. It wasn't just, you know, um, me or the ego part of me, Mm. you know, there was something much, you know, bigger happening here. Uh, so how, how am I relating with that now as a woman, there has been, um, a deep vulnerability that feels like this intense strength. And this is where I feel um, Brene Brown, you know, comes into the picture when I first read her book, uh, The Art of Vulnerability, it really just cracked open my heart in such a way. And I was like, that's what I want. I wanna live from that space. Well, having now shared this experience with the world, now everyone knows there's, there's no secret. There's no mask that has to be worn. This is me. This is who I am. And that that, that there's no need to like put on some sort of show, you know, people know, and there's something really, oh, there's a deep reverence for what has happened here. Oh, that's just amazing. And there's all these great things that are still happening. Yeah. You know, yeah wow
0: um a psychotherapist because when I, I was doing research on it all she said that writing the story out of your body isn't the end like basically try and make that not be the end because it's not a really good space to get to it was going yeah look i've written my book and now what what's important is what you do next what are your thoughts on what's next for you
1: Well, um, as I'm finishing up the doctorate program, so my dissertation is going to be um, the ADHERE process that I created and showing the Ayurvedic community how it is a a modality for post-traumatic stress disorder that can be used in what we call Sattva Vijaya Chikitsa, which is Ayurvedic psychotherapy. So that's currently in process right now. Then I'm Uh, creating a training program so that individuals and professionals can learn how to use this process in conjunction with whatever healing modality they're already using. And I'd like to take that out into the world, you know, so larger trainings, conferences, uh, speaking professionally on different forums, just to motivate and encourage others to turn around and look at themselves because the most important relationship we have, it's with ourselves, mm. And if we don't work on the relationship that we have with ourselves, how can we show up in any other capacity for anyone else? Exactly. Yeah, so true. You know, and, and trauma shows up differently for everyone.
0: With you, you're talking about your own relationship with yourself. I remember what we had that chat last week and it was that space that you sort of said you couldn't imagine what it's done for you in terms of like the vulnerability was so necessary to walk through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that for a moment? There's just this feeling of a deeper sense of self and purpose coming from a place of a vulnerable yet strong heart that also has discernment and a deep desire to share that with others who also are wanting to feel more whole, more complete. And it feels so certain to me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. There's really no question. So anything else that comes maybe as a distraction, I ask myself, well, does this fit with where I'm going? Mm Because, you know, there's a lot of shiny objects out there.
0: actually including i suppose because you're self-published and as you said that's almost like a full-time job how's that how are you trying to balance all this newness for you and this sort of getting oxygen again with the reality is you're having to you know put your your, your feet on the pavement and get that book moving moving moving
1: yeah um I, i'm in the process of seeing if i can hand over the reins of just you know, handling the marketing piece for the book. the The intention of the book is to reach as many people as possible. Now, if that means that it's going to, you know, sell many, many copies, that's great. I think already um, I've sold 1,100 copies since the first launch in May. Okay. So not even a year, and you know, I think that's actually pretty good. Um. I don't want to be doing that I do not want to be marketing my own book beyond like these conversations that we're having I need someone else to do that obviously because I have a deeper uh, things that I'm working on to bring out into the world and that's yeah. where my focus needs to be so when you know I first published and I said I'm looking at the analytics of Amazon you know who's buying it that's a very addictive thing just like social media. So if I can just, you know, tell somebody, here's, here's my goal, it doesn't have to, you know, continually be a number one. It just needs to continually sell and reach. The right people will come. I don't need the fame of, you know, whatever. I would want it to reach whoever it's supposed to reach. That is part of what I feel is my dharma.
0: I totally agree. And I think with the book that it is, if it's already reached 1,100 people, people are still processing it. They're probably not ready for it or they are ready for it. So it's going to have that probably two or three-year effect that people might actually need to pick it up again even in another year and then you know, then they're talking about it. But I've very much always been in the sense of business uh, when I had the big business to surround yourself with experts because like, we're not experts at marketing just because we wrote a book or just because I'm a coach, or just because I was having a nursing agency, I couldn't do it. I didn't know what to do. So like, I did bring people in to always.
1: Yeah. yeah. Let the the, the people who love to do marketing, let's let them do the marketing. I don't love to do the marketing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just quickly, you you talked years back, you were talking about maybe becoming a TED speaker.
1: What does that Mm -hmm. involve for you to do that? So I'm still working on that. So there is a, a program called TED Fellow. And each year you get to apply and propose your idea and uh, who knows how many people apply, but then they pick, you know, just a handful of people and you get to be a part of that program where they help you get your message out. They teach you how to do a TED talk. So uh, I first found out about it before I even wrote the book. So I decided, well, I have this idea I'm going to apply. And again same feeling of who am i to be going this far and i you know probably don't have much to offer those were my own inner thoughts and but you know i did it they did not accept me but i felt so good about just doing it that i applied again this year didn't get uh, chosen yet this year but what i'm noticing is the message gets stronger each time Uh so i truly believe if that's what's supposed to happen. That is what will happen, and it'll line up when it's supposed to happen. I will Mm -hmm. keep, you know, polishing my um, application each year. You said to me
0: the other day, to heal the world, you need to
1: work on yourself first, to attract healthy
0: relationships and be prepared for current relationships to fall aside or evolve. Yes. Final thoughts in that respect?
1: Well, let's see. We're in this day and age right now, there is a war going on. Um, well, there's lots of things going on actually. But if you think about it, let's use my story as an example. I left home at 15 with the intention of changing my life path, but I hadn't healed yet. So the relationship that I attracted into my life was very similar to what I left. Now that's a more extreme scenario, but when it comes to conflict, A lot of what's happening in conflict is an inability, one to hear, to truly hear. And a lot of what is happening is projection, projection of our own pain onto the other, um, whether it's, you know, our mother pain, father pain, you know, et cetera, and vice versa. So we're not truly seeing each other. We're not truly hearing each other. And in order for that to happen, we have to be willing to look at ourselves, Look at the part of us that enables projects is not willing to hear or not able to hear because there's too much going on because the more secure and in alignment we are with ourselves the better we will show up with others and i really feel like everything that's going on in this day and age whether on a personal level professional level or out into the world it is a result and it shows who is and is not in alignment with themselves. And I feel like the world is incredibly out of alignment. That is why I feel it is the most important. And when it comes to relationships falling aside, I reference this in my book about weeding your garden. There are times where a healing will happen or an evolution within yourself will happen. And you are this beautiful flower that's blossoming. And it may be that you blossom in such a way that the other flowers around you, the other relationships around you will have to adjust. Maybe you need more space for growth. Maybe your growth is intimidating to them and maybe they need to move to a different part of the garden, another garden. And all phases are okay. Mm -hmm. As long as we're honoring that growth is necessary. And that growth sometimes will bring you towards people and sometimes it will take you away from people and that's just how it works. So uh, the subtitle of my book is discovering your courage for change and commitment to yourself. Sometimes it is that type of change. And you have to have courage to stick with it to know that you are on the right path of discovering who you are. And don't let anyone come in and push you off that path out of their own fear. And for that matter, don't do that to yourself out of your own fear.
0: Mm. That's beautiful. That's a really lovely way for us to end. And I think that would actually be really cool for you to do your TED Talk on at some stage. (laughs) I agree. We'll just see if TED agrees. (laughs) I'll I'll just transcribe that for you. Thank you. Um, Janine, our time has come around to the end. uh, And, you know, thank you. We had a few little glitches, which I haven't had for a while, but I haven't actually had a guest on for a few months. So um, I appreciate your helping with my full starts this morning. And, you know, thanks for saying yes to hop back online now that you are a published author of a best-selling book. Uh, thank you on behalf of fellow survivors of childhood abuse and for future generations of children that you, you're making a change in the world is something that is so important. And you know it's your own lifelong bravery that you've had since you were that little girl and that you've chosen to pour it into print and obviously audio, will help so many more people than you'll ever know. You know, it's going to be a generational thing. What your grandmothers did, that that storytelling that's actually come down through the generations, you've shared your story in a different way and I think that's just incredible that you're actually, the ripple effect of what you're doing is going to be incredible, I think. So thank you for that. Thank you. So we will now wrap up and, uh, yes, I'm Susan Dunlop and that was, as I said, episode 44 of Coffee and Contemplation with Susan and I look forward to being here next week with another guest. Thanks again, everyone.